0: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Good morning. Hello, this is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined as always by Manchester United legend Paul Parker to talk over another I was going to say difficult week at Manchester United. At least we've got some form of consistency um, in in the true sense of the word. How, how are you doing, Paul? You all right? Yeah, I'm not bad at all, Wayne. Thank
0: you. Okay.
2: Good stuff. Uh, please like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions in. If you're watching the replay, you can still feel free to comment as well. Uh, we do check those and reply. Also, um, if you're listening on the audio podcast, please be sure to um, like and subscribe and, and leave a review on the platform you're listening on there as well. And yeah, check out the other podcasts we've got on the, the show. Obviously, Keane hosts a Wednesday show with Marcus Neymar. He also does the Friday night podcast with Phil and Lee. Uh, I was on with Dave last night talking about uh, my new Wayne Rooney book, which I'm allowed to promote. Um I'll say that I'm allowed to promote I'm promoting it myself. Teenage kicks it's out now everywhere. Um, yeah, so let's get down to business, Paul. Well, very quickly because we've got two games to to discuss. But let's quickly review the Burnley one, if only to the one thing that struck me from Burnley was the the comment from Ari Maguire afterwards. He spoke about the goal that was conceded in like the he said we shouldn't be conceding goals like that. And I'm like, well, it's, there shouldn't be a we attached to that because the the mistake was, I mean, like, look, I, we'll get about onto Maguire and Rashford a little bit later and talk about the personal form, but in that situation, there's no we, is there? I mean, let, let's be fair about it. You've got to hold your hands up and say, look, look I, in, in two occasions on on this goal, I've got to hold my hands up. I was culpable. It was a bit strange to come out and say like we um, after a mistake like that.
0: Well, I'm seeing a bit of that anyway, very much. Yesterday, I was, um, sorry, on Saturday, you know, and I, you know, I really do scrutinise players and their reaction to certain situations and certain players as well. I always look and, and I'm there and I'm, I think I put my hand up and say I'm a sceptic. But I look at Harry Maguire and that just says a lot about Manchester United at the moment in, in time. They are individuals, they look after themselves. There's a time to be We. And there's a time to put your hand up and say aye. And that was a time when it was needed. And then people might come in and join in and say, Well, if I'd have done that, then you wouldn't have been caught out there. You and that's how it works generally. But you know, when you look at it, you look at that what he'd done there, you wanna at the end of it say to Rodriguez, everyone knows he's got he's been on a peripheral of being a good, you know, be, being a really good striker, but it's a, something that's just not hasn't been there for him to go on to maybe where he should he should have been, but he has got good technical ability and that know-how to cut across the front of Maguire as well, saying, you've got a choice, you're going to take me out or you're going to allow me to get me shot off. And that was good work, but he should never have been there in the first place. You know, he got he got mugged by the, um, by the Dutch lad, the big Dutch lad. He, he absolutely mugged him with, you know, the, the, as the game went on, he got more and more, you know, better and better. And you could see how... He has played, you know, for a decent team in the German league and a very good individual footballer. But the goal was the goal was a poor goal. But he has to look at that himself. You got to you got to accept it. If you're a defender, you take pride in your defending the same as a, a striker would take pride in how many goals he scored. And that's the difference now. I think really there isn't many who take pride in defending. As a centre half, I'd, I'd always believe you'd be there. You'd be heading the union in, in defending because everything comes down on the centre. Of the park, so central midfield, centre forward, and you as a centre back. You're one of the focal points. You're you're the leader. Everything stems from there. You're the focal point, the build of the team. And he doesn't warrant that, to be honest. Really, too many sloppy mistakes, and there was you know a few sloppy ones in the, you know the game at the weekend as well. Some of them quite embarrassing, to be honest.
2: Yeah. The, the yeah, Che Adams had him on. On Tolstany, absolutely um, numerous occasions as well. Um it, And from what Arsenal was saying after the game, it looked like it was a game plan to target the, the, the captain. Do you know what I mean? The, the slow moving back in transition. He was only really talking about one player. Well, that's the way that I read that. Was it an interesting one again because United started brightly. They've got Pogba in this role. And, Paul, it just me, maybe. No, oh, maybe it wasn't just me. Sancho started on the left, and he was so bright that he was playing like a proper winger, and we've not seen that kind of confidence from him for ages. And it looked like, oh, well, what we'll do is we'll swap it over and see if Rashford can have that kind of confidence. And he just bombed the game out. All the momentum that we had went. And, you know, and then the same old complacency crept in. You know, you've got all all of these little individual problems that, Combined to make this collective big problem you know obviously Ronaldo missing the easy chance the midfield not really dominating the game in this you know and he's got this new shape which we'll talk about in a moment as well this 4-3-3 which is there to control the game we're doing that a little bit better but these are against teams who aren't you know with all due respect and not the greatest of teams and the, as the teams are getting progressively better that we're coming against we're controlling the game less and less, and that's a ma- massive concern. And we know that about a lot of these players because it's all right. I, I think on Saturday you can see the efforts there, but maybe the players just aren't good enough. And when this this kind of result and performance is there, and you know they're saying, oh, you know, United are tiring after sixty minutes or whatever," it looks a lot earlier than that, to be honest. I don't mm. know, 1-1 uh, one, one obviously fair, Southampton looked like they, they were getting more ambitious, they even had that, was it Stuart Armstrong, like really near the end where Lennon and um, Moutinho have had, scored goals from that position in recent weeks and you thought, oh, if he just gets this on target, he's got a real good chance here, exactly the same area, could have scored and nobody would have been grumbling if Southampton had won, so um, yeah, what, what do you make of this? Because a lot of people are saying, oh, United have been playing well without a uh, cutting edge, and I, I'm inclined to think, nah, no, it's the quality of opponents that no, really... No.
0: Yeah. No, so people are saying that as far as I'm concerned, are wearing rose-tinted glasses. It's something they want, which we all want, but it's not happening. They're, yeah. they're really, in my opinion, United looked good in that early part in the first half for about 25 minutes. They looked good yeah. because of Southampton's naivety. Southampton made a mistake of attacking because it made it a really good game, one of the better games because it was open. The problem is they haven't got, didn't have great pace in the team because they kept allowing themselves to be counter-attacked. And that's how Sancho was getting a lot of joy on that left-hand side because of Southampton trying to take the game to United without trying to control the midfield and just bombing on, bombing on. And they were leaving themselves so bare at the back and they were slow at the back. They, had, they got one quick player, which was Walker Peters, who got stronger and stronger as the game went on, by the way. Really good display by him at um at fullback, but then when you talk about Sancho, he was getting joy, lots of joy, and he done well. There's a few decision makings where he could have maybe passed it earlier. There's one when he took on himself, um, forced to save it with his feet, but he had two to his right he could have given it to, which were more spoken and were more central than what he was. He's done well to get his shot off. He's hit the target. Keeper's made a decent save with his right foot, so he thinks himself okay. All was missing was a goal that's fine, those, those, are made, those decisions are made. And he, he, made him, he was brave enough to go in his own where a few weeks back, he could have been a little bit kind of lacking confidence, tentative, and he could have tried to pass, try, pass the buck by trying to pass it rather than do it himself. And the pass could have been sloppy and then everyone would have been on him. But he's yeah. gone in his own, so that's a forward step on Sancho's part. When you talk to me about Marcus Rashford, and I, I really I don't understand why he's still starting games of football for Manchester United. Alanga had no right to be left out. Shouldn't have been left out. Um, he, he didn't play in the um, cup game. I thought to myself, okay, fair enough. Then he, then he comes on, he has to take a penalty. Is that correct? That was correct, yeah. wasn't it? Um, but then you think, so if, okay, the lad's missed a penalty. Young lad, brave enough to go and take it. It's done well, play him again. Don't ruin his confidence. And again, again, dare I say it? A certain manager. That's exactly what he would have done. Because there was a young yeah. Ryan Giggs who missed a penalty. In the, in, yeah. the, in the in the exactly and the same? Ryan played in the next game. Wasn't yeah. worried about him or anything. He said no. See if you, see if you can you know what kind of man you are. Play yeah. him. The boy's confident. Play him. And as well, he's watching two people in front of him who in previous games he's played be- better than. Yet he's sitting on the bench. Mm. I really don't get it. I don't. Um, and I, I look at Rashford and I think, myself, can't keep playing him. People keep talking about lack of confidence. Sorry. <laughs> you can't use that as an excuse anymore. It's just the lad is having a bad time. There's something going on. Take him out of it. And if it's public, come out and say it, Wayne.
2: Paul, let me ask you about this because obviously it's concerning what's happening with Rashford. Um and it's been a long time that we've been talking about this. It was, And it's concerning because, I mean, we'll talk about Maguire and Rashford because obviously they look like two big problem areas. In, in addition to the fact that we're, we've got an issue with full we've got an issue in the middle of the park, but two players are, are really out of form at the moment, and Maguire and Rashford. While you're on Rashford, let's get to him first. Now, for me, it's a little more concerning than the Maguire one because... You've got a young lad who came through the ranks and everyone loves him for for who he is and and what he's done and everything like that. But on the pitch, he's had this pronounced run of poor form now where people have said, first of all, that maybe he was struggling with the weight of expectation because he was carrying us. And, you know, like Sanchez and Lukaku had gone, so he was leading the line, so maybe he was struggling with that. Then it was the back or shoulder injury that he had. Then it was the distractions off the pitch. Then there's been this season where he's kind of like had this free, not a free run, but he's he's been there in the team, and everyone can see that he's been struggling. His form's really bad. His confidence it seems really low as well. And even when he scored those goals in recent weeks, he thought, all right, maybe this will be an ignition of something. And it doesn't seem to be because on yeah we mentioned on Saturday he was really really poor. Where do we stand on this, Paul? Because I mean, this is a great. You know, he looks like he's got a lot of ability, but. This is two or three seasons now, and, and what point do you say? This is representative of, by the way, not just Marcus Rashford. All of these players in this squad you can have, have this kind of argument for. You would say maybe two or three years, you can't really say that that's a run of form. You can't keep making excuses. Maybe it's time that he moves on If if he if doesn't pick up by the summer. Well, is that too drastic? I mean, but I'm looking at this this bigger picture. I'm looking at a squad full of these players, and and I'm not just like I'm not getting on Marcus's back, but I, I think when I look at him and I look at the confidence issue and I look at the poor form, maybe it needs maybe he needs to be at a club where the spotlight isn't quite as intense in order to to really get his confidence back.
0: But he's in a position now from for whatever his next move is. It's always he's always going to be in a spotlight because it's going to be about is he going to. Recover what he had before, and it's not about recovering what he's had before. It's about stepping on from yeah, what he had before. Absolutely, he, yeah, yeah. He hasn't. He his game hasn't evolved. He still wants to get the ball, get his head down, and dribble. And he's beating people more with pace, more than with skill, because people. I, are if dying. he beats
2: them, if he beats them, because he doesn't do that very much. And, he's-
0: and that's why he's, he's not that kind of player. I mean, sometimes you've got to look at it. Play one twos because you're quick. Control pass move. Just just simplify your game. But he's got this something in his head that he can beat two, three people in tight areas. And if it comes off, you think look at it, you go, that's by luck more than judgment now, because he's just got his head down. Yeah. I think as well is that sometimes he gets he gets into areas and you think to yourself, right, now you're really waiting for that experience Because you have to call him an experienced player the amount of England caps he's got and the amount of games he's now played for Manchester United. He's not a young player anymore. Remember, a football career only lasts, if you're lucky now, top-level one, a proper one, to about 33, 34. Yeah. If, if, to play... So, But then, you know, when you think about it, well, he's not going to 70, so now he's a very... He's not a young player anymore. Can't be deemed that because the amount of football games he's played at top level and yeah. for his country in tournaments. So you've got to expect more from him and you, you've got to really say you should be making better choices now in what you're doing. Yes, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to make the wrong decision because you're human. Because all the great players do that. They have moments where they make wrong decisions, some a lot fewer than a lot fewer than most of us. But he doesn't do that on a consistent basis. He makes the wrong decision with his passing. You can look at his face, and he doesn't look like somebody who is on the park playing for his boyhood team. He is not smiling. And I don't care what anybody says and talk about, oh, but he's concentrating his ears. No, if he's in that position, he'll be smiling, That he's he's enjoying himself. You know, when he does something good, he smiles, he gets involved. And I always still relate to a young Ryan Giggs. Giggs, he smiled. When someone kicked him, he got up and he'll smile a bit and he'll look at him and he'll he'll go and do it again. But all of a sudden he'd do something good and he was unlucky. He'll get a little thing on his face knowing that he's achieved something good and he was unlucky or it was good. Marcus Rashford doesn't smile anymore. Everything's serious all the time. And I just, every time I keep seeing on um social media, there's always little things coming up all the time. I would say, stop doing that. Don't worry about anything else. If you're going to go on there, talk about, maybe yourself, put something on there about you or talk about yourself, but make sure you're doing, you're doing it, not your PR company, so people can feel it from your heart because I'm not seeing enough heart out there at this moment in time. I'm sure people might come out and turn that round into something something to make a bigger issue of it, but I'm not seeing the Marcus Rashford who first come onto the scene and then the, the year after the year, that, that kind of hunger of going through things, that bit of, you know, there's times now when, he get this contact, and you think, yourself, right, just go on, and he falls over, looking mm. for a foul. A younger person would have kept going because they wanted to score, they yeah. wanted to assist, or they, they put themselves in a position where they earn a foul stroke penalty.
2: Yeah. But, he's,
0: yeah. but he's, look, he's looking to take the easy way out and hoping, with the use of that device in the broom cupboard at Heathrow, that he's going to wangle something out of it. And put the person on the pitch under pressure to ask that machine if that's a penalty or free kick. So he's got to stop. The, he's got to play up and just keep going and going and just really, he's got he's got to look at himself. And this been said a thousand times, I'm sure by everybody within the stadium. But it's only so far that people can go. You can't keep making excuses for him or other players. Somewhere along the line, they are. It's their fault. You can't blame managers because he's been through numerous managers now. Yeah at Manchester United. So you have to look at the individual, look at the team. And that, that's my saying it. I just think the long, long and short of it, he's got to make up what he wants to do. Does he want to be something that, I believe he grew up when he was playing all his football all over Manchester, a player for Manchester United playing in the biggest games possible for the football club to win as many medals as possible to talk about when he starts playing, or does he want to become a political statement? Does he want to spend his life just always just coming in on the polit- having his name used on a political agenda. So i tell you what, I wouldn't bother with the latter. That bit would be forgotten about, as we all forget about these political people, because new people come in. People will not forget Marcus Rashford if he goes and achieves big things for his boyhood club, being a local boy. They will not forget that. Mm. Definitely in Manchester, definitely around the country, and definitely around Europe. But at this moment in time, the wrong things are being said about him because everything where he is is about playing for Manchester United and the football that he's delivered in the early, earlier part of his career. The other side of it shouldn't be anywhere near it. We shouldn't be talking about it because it should not be should not affect him on the pitch. But it needs yeah. it needs, in my opinion, the interim manager or the interim manager, whatever it, what kind of person is, to come out and throw that one out there and say it. Say it to him. You know, has he, has he, has he been asked that question?
2: Yeah. Well, I, the thing about Rangnick is that he, um, he does at least he doesn't dodge the questions, does he? And, and there are a lot of things coming at him at, at the moment. And but Mick he's Wyatt, not the
0: manager. Yeah. Wayne. He's not the manager. He's, he's not the one. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. You can have someone who steps in, but if you know that person is not the big decision maker, and you've been around somewhere a long time, around the establishment, you know you're going to be longer there, longer there than him. What are you going to do? Yeah. I reckon seven seven out of ten would suddenly go. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. I'm going to be here longer. You don't worry, don't, don't bother, I'm not going to bother doing that. That's yeah. going to be the kind of attitude. That's yeah. the problem, unless someone's there at the at the helm saying, bang, 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 you ain't going to have it. And the ones who don't want to do it, he just goes, whoop, off you go.
2: So it's going to be a big three months. Uh, three or four months for Rashford, for sure, I think, in terms of his entire future. But you can say that for many of the players. Um, another one is Ari Maguire. Um, we got a comment from Mike Pierre. Hey, Morning, Mike. He says, criticism of Maguire fully justified. He has a question. How many England players who played at the Euros have had a good season? Has the tournament had a prolonged negative effect? i Am a stroke clutching? I think possibly earlier in the season, but now we're in February. I think it's too late for those kind of excuses. And with Maguire in particular, Paul, one thing I will say now, like he was dropped. Everyone's saying oh he should drop he should drop Maguire. He was dropped, remember a few weeks ago, he was dropped, and Lindelof came in. And the reason why Lindelof was dropped out of the team again wasn't anything to do with form, it was to do with the, the breaking and the fact that he stayed there. So Maguire's been back in the team. Obviously, you would say that his form's not great, so you, you you're looking at the the manager to make that change again and put Lindelof and Varan back in together. I, I have a, a thing to say about Maguire with this. Oh, I I would think that if you look at his form and you look at the fact he's been there for three years, that he's very close to being one of these players that United would be looking to move on because it you know he's not forming a great unit in defence at the moment. But where I am with Maguire, he's been targeted by opponent managers. They can see what they're doing. Even the average forwards in the league are bullying him, and and you know. They, Remember Chris Wood outpacing him, you know, for, for Burnley and these kind of things, and it's it's not it's got to the point where you know these things about Maguire and obviously opponents know him. I you know where I am with this, Paul. It's not going to be unfamiliar for me to say this, but I'm at the point where I don't want to criticize him anymore. I don't think it's fair to criticize him because you know his limitations, and we all know that. So when you put him in the team. You are going to get what you, what you always get with Harry Maguire. You're not going to make him any faster. You're not going to make his positional decisions any better. You're not going to do that. He's he's old enough now to to not. You know he's fully formed. He's not going to change his ways. He is who he is. And I don't think. Oh, I think it's fair to say it's not um, a, a defender who is going to feature in a United title-winning side. I think that obviously there are very few players you can say that about but in terms of Maguire, the biggest issue that we've got with Maguire is that I've also said that about Lindelof. If you remember, I've said that before about Lindelof, where you know I'm not going to criticise him anymore because he's just doing what he's in the team. He's not good enough to be in the United team that's going to win the title, but he's he's going to still keep playing. That's where we are with Maguire, but Lindelof's better than him. And I still I have the same opinion about Lindelof, by the way, and don't get me wrong; his form has really kicked on, and maybe you look at the other defenders and say, "Well, they were contributing to Lindelof not playing well." But that's a, a damning indictment, isn't it? That Lindelof is in front of Maguire now, and you know, and that you're looking at someone even within the the sort of realms of defenders who aren't good enough. You've got like two, two or three down in there, like you know, like well, we know Lindelof's not good enough, but at least he's better than Maguire. This this is the kind of thing. It's not quite an emergency yet, but you can't. There's going to be a situation here, Paul. Isn't there? There's got to be where Maguire's probably going to get moved on at the end of the season. It's not doing him any favors to be playing.
0: No, it's not doing him any favors, and it's you got to really you got to look at the the person in charge at this moment in time about his his decision making. Yeah. Lindelof, you know, I've looked. At, I've been critical of Lindelof, but in theory. The the pressure, it was put onto Lindelof because Lindelof was next to an £80 million centre-half, so any problems was put on the fact that the person who was cheaper, the one who looked, was always the one who was willing to go in there and try to do things, put themselves in a position where it was affecting his game, but he kept fighting and going on and on and on, still doing his best. And that's the one who everyone's looking at now and going, hold on a minute. We've made yeah. a little bit of a mistake here. We've, we've, look, we've been looking at the wrong person. And I think that's the way it's come about because I'm no different to you, Wayne. I was looking at him on that side of it. But I've always had my concerns yeah, you are, yeah. about, about Maguire because it was a price. And I looked at it and all I thought about, Leicester City have got an incredible deal. They've got a Johnny Evans and they've got rid of Harry Maguire for £80 million. They picked that lad up from a side that was relegated, didn't they, from Hull City, you know, and you looked at Hull, when I saw this, and he was good to watch when he was at Hull, all the dribbling from the back, I thought that was great, that's how I looked at it, Then when Leicester took him, I kind of went, what? what?" I went, okay, and then when United, when he was talked about, I'm telling people, there's no way that he's going to play for Manchester, no way will United sign him, but it was at a point of when United (laughs) had lost their direction, so that, Everyone, everyone who has played for United, were, I think, were maybe a saying, no different to me, were kind of, in a way, shocked, but kind of thought, well, you looked at the club and you thought, yeah, it's likely to make decisions like that, because, again, it was 80 million, it was a, was it a key PR point that it, for them to beat what Liverpool played for Van Dyke, because it wasn't about ability, by the way, definitely, but when I look at Lindelof now and he's only out the side because of what happened to him off the something happened off the field, he must be sitting there spitting feathers now. And just by the way, he is when he played, when he when he played, you say, Yeah, he's mostly sitting there and he's mostly quite angry at the moment. If I'm Phil Jones, I'm just as angry as well. Because I'll be saying myself, I've been out a long time, I've come in, I've done well in one game, okay. I can't expect to suddenly come in after such a long time out away from it. But I expect a little sniff and a little something to try and give me a chance to build myself back into somewhere, into a team and a club which he loves because there's no doubt he loves the club. You know, he's been there too long not to. And he's, he's, he's had many times he could shout and scream and then maybe he could have just gone out and they'd let him out the back door quietly. But he still wants to be there. He's done well. in, and So now he needs that next bit and maybe in the very latter part of his career to go out there and... And just maybe try and lead the back line because his performance in his life in that game he played was fantastic but he needed that game quite soon after just to get himself because that first one was all about adrenaline and everything emotions yeah. now we needed that next one so why hasn't phil jones been given a chance people now won't look at me and laugh about that people will say well yeah we could maybe see yeah uh, why phil jones you know when, there's too many players who have been doing things poor consistently being poor, and yet they're still playing. Yeah. Playing regularly. And that affects the squad, because there's players now who will be, you know, talking out the side of their mouth, going, oh, how does he play now? Look at that. Look at that. And now they're questioning him at the top. Yeah. Questioning him. And they're not questioning, but they're looking at him, and they're yeah. going. Oh, used to, you know." And all of a sudden, they're losing that little bit with him. So he's, he's got a disjointed squad at the moment, a disjointed team. And it's not just in the back line. You look at the front line. It's all just, it's a mishmash at the moment in time. It's bits and bobs. You know what you're getting. You knew what you are getting at first half. Again, I was doing the game. Again, I turned around and said, Southampton will come out. This is during back. I said, Southampton have finished the sec- first half a better team. They controlled the ball. They looked the more better team going forward. They were in control of what they're doing going forward. United were still just counter attack. Nothing because they never dominated the ball. Southampton will come out second half. He's got a chance to speak to him. He'll sort those little problems they had about being counter Don't don't yeah. go forward as a team. Don't, it's not a training session, and they absolutely done that in the second half again. Like Burnley, exactly the same as Burnley. It was raining. A better, you know, a better surroundings, a nicer place, but United were poor in the second half. And it's all about the bit at the end, the show bit at the end, can they nick a goal? And they're looking for something to paper over the cracks. And at the moment, they're going out there and they're playing football, but the one thing they're not playing football as, and that's the team. Yeah.
2: You're right. Um, there was a moment when Maguire made a mistake on, on Saturday where the crowd actually chanted for Jones. And it's funny, but they're not really chanting for... They are chanting for Jones, obviously, but what they're trying to say is, this is how bad it's got. This is, this is what we've been um, reduced to, I've, really. I've
0: never, known, I've never known anything like it, Wayne, to be perfectly honest. When I'm looking at it, what I'm seeing now, and I'm seeing it, the fans are seeing it. You know that you don't You want every player to play well week in, week out. But when someone's not playing well, I think sometimes you have to be cruel to be kind, and you've got to take him away because the player doesn't You some players, and I'm looking at Marcus Rashford and I don't know if it would bother him that much if he was taken away from it I look at Harry Maguire at the moment and the first thing he could have done, the manager the coach or who, whoever is the leader of the pack is take, just you know, he had a chance to take away the armband from him and and move it, give it to someone else and he should have given it, the ideal person to give it to would have been David De Gea because he's yeah. the one who's been playing well, the one who's going to be playing consistently. Because we know that Ronaldo is not going to be playing regularly up front every single game. Yeah. You look at Fernandez. For me, Fernandez. I thought Fernandez was going to be the one when he arrived and what he was doing. You thought he's the one, the way he was. But he's not right for captain because of his tantrums, the way he behaves. Yeah. You know, everything about him is that he's, You don't want you don't want your kid copying him by what he, by his behaviour. When he's got the ball at his feet and he's in the mindset. As a footballer, you want your boy to do some of the things he does. But his behaviour, as a player, is absolutely shocking. If, that, if he's my son and he behaved like that on the pitch, I would say to the coach, take him off, I want a word with him. Because <laughs> he's, he's an embarrassment. Embarrassment.
2: Quickly, um, Brighton, they're coming up tomorrow. Um, opponents over the last few weeks have been getting progressively tougher to beat. You know, Middlesbrough, Burnley... Southampton, you know, and everyone's been saying, oh, the, this good controller games and this midfield shape and everything like that. But Brighton are a very good footballing team, Paul. They're not going to be afraid of taking possession at Old Trafford. It's going to be a sterner test than what Saturday was, a sterner test than what last Tuesday was. Um and it, United really need to put in a performance, don't they?
0: They have to. They have to st- I mean, I'm going to state the obvious here. They have to start well and they have to finish well. In other words, they have to give 100% in commitment and they have to give 100% in performance as well. Otherwise, if they're lucky, they'll get a draw. Simple Mm. as that, you know, because these are far better in all areas, far better defensively, far better in midfield than Manchester United, far better because they dominate the ball, Mm. absolutely dominate the ball. That's what they do. and the weakness for them is they don't really score enough goals. They create, but they don't score enough. But they scored two at the weekend. They controlled Watford throughout throughout the game. You know, they, they didn't succumb to Watford as what Manchester United did. So they're they're tougher as well. And they bring they bring on Pissouma from the bench. You know, mm. Pissouma comes on from the bench. Him and they another, and I forgot who it was, but it's one of their key players. They come off the bench. That so tells you, you where Watford, sorry, where Brighton are at this moment in time. For me, Pissouma is somebody who Manchester United should have looked at. But mm. you know, but Pesuma doesn't sell shirts at this moment in time. You need him to perform in a United shirt and then he would start. You know, at the moment it seems like it's just get names in, just get things so we can sell shirts rather than get players in who are going to make a difference, if not straight away, but in the bigger picture. So Alex didn't sign players for now. He was always thinking that next bit. You know, yeah the, you know the act by Andy Cole was about the next bit, yes, there was that season, but that season was going to take care of itself. It was that next bit Van Nistelrooy was that was that next bit yeah. of wh- yeah. where to, where to add on to, and that's what it needs, but that only happens if you bring in a right manager who is allowed to have a plan rather than. Bits, you know, by the bits and bobs that own the club at this moment in time who are, who are kind of making things difficult. It's like virtually they're walking around with a shopping trolley round the supermarket but they're worried should we get food in for a day or do we go and buy it for the week? They mm. don't know how long the situation is going to last and they need to be able someone needs a chance to build and there's two clubs you know bigger than Manchester two clubs you know, may the the best two in this country at this moment in time, the two most consistent teams, who have been allowed to do that, to build and to build and to build. The yeah. other team, that's just underneath them, haven't really got their bit sorted at this moment in time. They've got, you know, they're being ruled. I think one player is causing a problem there at the other team, but the the rest are all the same. Yeah. The rest, the rest are under the same umbrella. There's been there's been more improvement from two sides at the bottom of the table than what there has been in Manchester United. They're getting closer to Manchester United. Manchester United are not getting further away from them. And that's a big, big problem. And you know the two teams I'm on about. One of them spent money. One of them's just had a change of manager, who's made them a little bit more sterner. So it's, it's, it's shocking the way Manchester United are. And I sit here and people will turn around and say to me, "Ah, oh, here he is, Paul Park, who's bitter. No, I'm a person who played for the club. The club's still in my heart. Do I support Manchester United? No. But I played there five years there, s- still in love with the club, and really, really disappointed, or dis- still disappointed, that they're not competing to win a league. It's great yeah. being in Europe, but Europe's just like a holiday, really, at this moment in time, because there's no belief it's ever going to be won. A team that goes into the champion- Champions League from this country from winning our top division... Should be competing, and people believe they can win that competition. People believe that Man City or Liverpool can win that competition. No one believes that. No one believes that Manchester United can. Not mm. in a million years do they believe that Manchester United can win it, and that's and that's how far the club has dropped to this moment in time.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Paul, and like obviously I know you well now, and I know where where the criticism comes from. It comes from a place of having high standards. And seeing them not met so frequently is is the way that it but is. I learned
0: that while I was there. Wayne, it's from being at that club that got that in, got that into my into my DNA. From yeah. being a player, yeah. going somewhere, gave you know, always gave everything. Um, I come from a club, and you know, from where I joined um, Manchester United from, that was still deemed you know one of the best clubs in London when I left it. You know, in my my four years there, you know, top London club on two of those occasions. second I think second the next time and then when I left them they were still there as you know as a top club when I left them then I come to you know the biggest club in the country and you know then you learn more and it isn't because I got given a book and this is what we are it was about being there and just seeing what was around things weren't written on walls it was about how every individual approached it players were concerned were you going to fit in did you have the same passion as them yeah and that's what it was all about and the biggest person for that who scrutinized everything about that who was the one who was who was judging you was brian mcclough yeah was judging you are you right you just come up from london just to be here and just enjoy yourself checked out it took the time to build for people to trust you really great you're welcomed whatever but there's always that bit there what you like as a person are you willing do you want to win things because we're here because if we win things here, we go out a little bit up there. And then yeah. when we get that little bit up there, then we, we don't just enjoy that and think, right, that's it, with job done. You get more. And that's what the club's about. And I don't think there's enough there who even want to go to the first stage. Because to go to the first stage, you have to go even higher. And yeah. that takes hard work.
2: Yeah, a lot of work. Um, ben McManus says, McLean, thought you would say Rakeen. I, I no, a...
0: no, 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 no. Let me answer that question there. He is right. Roy, Roy, is is that kind of person, and was that kind of person. But when I joined Manchester United, Roy wasn't now.
2: That's right. Yeah. I actually, I thought you would said Robbo, but yeah, I know what
0: you mean. No, it's, it's a bit different. Robbo was in his own way, but Chucky was that one. Robbo was being the captain.
2: Yeah. And yeah. He,
0: you know, getting you involved, your new kid on the block. While Brian Mcclaire was the one just on the outside on the periphery. He was the the silent. He was the silent partner of the trio of Robbo, Brucey. And then there was Chucky.
2: yeah, um very, very quick, uh, one player who did represent those standards was of course Wayne Rooney, um plugging my new book, obviously, just wanted to get your favorite Rooney goal uh, before we before we go.
0: It has to be the one which I saw. I was actually at the game I was I don't know I was doing I was definitely doing a commentary at the game, and it was against Newcastle. can't tell you what it was, something had happened. Wayne Rooney has rushed to the referee, he's berating the referee, the ball's been retrieved, and the ball's gone, and Wayne Rooney's ran onto it, and I think he's half-followed it, bang, into the Stratford end.
2: Yeah.
0: Can you remember that one?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was just one of them, I remember talking about him, and I'm looking at Wayne Rooney berating the referee, and that tells you something about him, because he hasn't switched off 100%, he's still watching the ball going on, he's gone to the referee, the referee's turning away, following the ball, as he should do and Rooney's running out to berate him, and they, they, they've got the ball back, they've recycled the ball, gone back, and he's just gone, and he's just gone, bang, and he's hit this half volley, just gone, whoop, in the stripper, and it was something unbelievable, but yeah. that just says, that just says a lot about him, yes, he no, he shouldn't have been doing that to the referee, but yes, he's a proper street footballer, because he never switched off, it's like, we all played, not going to say all, not in today's world, but, we all played near streets. We all had something that, when we played football, it was always something, you know, I used to play in the school where we had to worry about, you know, the boroughs, um, London Borough of Haverings, um, wardens who would come into the school because we'd use the goals in the school and we had have to run out the gate. Because then, when we saw uniforms, it doesn't matter what it's a park attendant, we were scared. We respected uniforms. But it's like we used to play, used to play in the streets, so you was aware then of cars coming round the corner, you was aware of skinheads or somebody coming to nick your balls, nick your clothes. As, you know, you're you putting down to make goals. So Wayne Rooney was aware of what was still going on around him, and to do that, players of yeah. today wouldn't have done it. They they can't mm-hmm. do it because they because they're not they're not street players anymore. They're not kind of working class in that way of, of that mm-hmm. way of life anymore. You know, they're. Wayne Rooney was just in that, maybe that back end of that era because he was born as a street player in that way, totally aware of everything going on around him. And when something was taken away from him, he wanted to grab it back so quick. And that's why sometimes you see him giving away silly fouls, getting involved. But that was just that street side, which you, can, yeah. which you, which you don't ever want to take away from a player. And if we saw that today in one player who's was that way, that player will have a big problem in the way that games are officiated in this country now, because the game's not allowing those kind of people, and that 's maybe why we're getting such really lusher games now really because that yeah. element of it has been taken out of a game because football has being taken away from the working class in in that manner. kids have been pulled away from the streets and shoved into academ- academies to become robots
2: yeah it is you're absolutely right there's a sterility yeah. to it um yeah, yeah, that's that's I'm, I'm with you with that great Rooney goal. I was in the North Stand for that, and that's yeah. uh, a goal that. Well, Rooney's one of those kind of players because he scored so many great goals that when when you look back at the goals that he scored, if you were in a different position that isn't caught on the television angles, then you'll always remember the way that it hit the net and that Newcastle one. You've yeah. ne- I've never seen it again from the angle that I watched it from and. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, a great goal, and he scored many. He scored many. Mm. Right, that's it for this week, guys. We will be back next week to talk about Brighton, to talk about Leeds, um, and I think Athletic will be getting previewed as well because that's coming up as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you've enjoyed, give us a like and subscribe. And also, if you're listening back on the audio platform, give us a review on the platform you are listening on. We'll be back next week. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching.